I'm like, oh my God, someone knows me here. And then someone was like, hey, Mike, you have your name on your running shirt. And I was like, oh, I forgot. Never mind. Diz Runs Radio episode 1058 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. y'all real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show today's episode of the show is brought to you by me which means i am the sponsor today talking about some of the coaching options i have specifically the concierge coaching which is uh my still new i guess it's my it's still my newest i guess it still makes it still new ish uh but the, the new level of coaching that i have that uh kind of spares spares no expense you know whatever you want whatever you need you know you think about a concierge like you need something we get it for you. We take care of it. We make sure you got what you need to have your best chance at a great performance on race day and, and meet, meet all of your running goals. And, uh, you know, one thing that I that I try to do as, as a coach, and I think I think most running coaches do this. Hopefully, any good running coach is going to do this. And, and you know, when, when race day approaches, I try to talk to everybody that I'm working with and make sure we got a good plan of, as far as, you know, how to pace, what, what the goals are, you know, watch out for this, try to take care of that. You know, there's some downhills, there's some uphills, whatever. We're going to talk strategy about the race. And, and sometimes, typically my goal is to try to keep it as simple as possible because I don't want to overburden mentally folks when they're getting into a race because I've been there. I've done that. I've made that mistake myself. I've made that mistake as a coach. But what if, what if, thought experiment, what if you had a coach that instead of giving you the plan, writing out the plan for you, making sure, hey, think about this, at this time do this, this is when you want to push, you want to set back here. What if your coach just showed up and ran the race with you and just took care of all the plan? Just said, hey, I got the plan, we're good to go, just stick with me, rock and roll. That's one of the many things you get at the concierge level of coaching that I have available. No need to think. I mean, you know, you can still think, but no need to feel like you've got to to adjust the plan and tweak it and and, and make things happen on your own on race day because I'm right there next to you running stride for stride from start to finish, taking care of all the, the, the planning, the logistics, the adjustments that are required. You know, not not saying, but that's not a bad option. Not a bad option to just focus on your running and let me take care of the rest. So if that might be something that you would be interested in, disruns.com slash concierge is the link to that specific page on the website that outlines all the all the, the bells, all the whistles, all the extras, all the add-ons, all the perks. And quite frankly, if you don't see something there that you would like, let me know. We'll make it work. And uh, you can also sign up right there. And if, and if you decide, you know what, maybe that's a bit more than I want. Maybe it's a bit more than I need right now. If you just head over to disruns.com slash coaching, you can find out all the other levels of coaching that are there. I like to think there's no bad level. It's just, you know, how much extra do you want? There's there's solid and then there's extra. And, you know, depending on what works for you is what's available. But today we're talking specifically about the concierge coaching. So check it out, disruns.com slash concierge if you're so inclined. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. My guest today is someone that uh, I don't know that much about, uh, save for the fact that he's a runner, obviously, 
and also uh, pretty clear on his Twitter, on his uh, social media handles, a Liverpool FC supporter. And we've already been we've already been talking uh, Premier League and, and uh, Liverpool a little bit this morning before we got going. So uh, near as I can tell, between those two things, between running and and uh, Liverpool. Uh, we'll have more than enough to talk about today. So uh, he's also an ambassador for Athletic Brewing Company and Rabbit, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to getting to know him a bit more today. And uh, so without any further ado, it's a pleasure to be able to welcome Mr. J.T. Chestnut to the show. So thanks for joining us today, J.T. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Denny, for having me. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, certainly looking forward to it. And y'all, if you uh, enjoy today's conversation and want to connect with J.T. on, on the socials, uh, he's, he's, he's one of those folks that has it real, that, that makes it simple. Cause it's the same handle both on Instagram and on Twitter. So if you have a preference of one or the other, it's easy to find them either place. And it's also really simple cause it's his name, which again, makes things, makes things easy for me to not have to uh, overcomplicate things. Although here I go trying to overcomplicate things, but anyway, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, same handle, both places. And again, it's just J T chestnut, everything like it spells the letter J the letter, like it sounds the letter J the letter T and then C H E S T N U T J T chestnut on Instagram, on Twitter. And uh, as per usual, we'll have things linked up today, photos, um, Liverpool content, I don't know, whatever we talk about today, disruns.com slash 1058, disruns.com slash 1058. We'll take you back to the show notes for today, links, photos, the whole nine as per usual. So, JT, the way we always start off each episode of the show around here um, is with a a very simple question. Sometimes it's the one that's easy to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult because there's a lot of good options out there, but one way or the other, it's a good launching off point for the, the conversation. It's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? All right. So, um, my favorite distance to race is the half marathon. You know, there's something special about the half marathon because, you know, it's something where, you can really use the increments, you know, you can really get into the mental game of the increments. So you can say, all right, we got that 5k. There you go. All right, cool. Sweet. We have a nice 10k. We're halfway there. All right. 10 miles. Okay. So the last, like the last 5k, we got to put in the work. So that's what I, that's why I love the half marathon. And to be honest with you, when I started to run years back, you know, the half marathon was my cup of tea, you know? It was the one that I kept hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. And then finally I said, okay, let, oh, well, maybe I need to suck it up and just do a marathon. But the half marathons are always the ones that are just like close to my heart, you know? Um, I was bitten by like the rock and roll marathon series like back in 2012 and they were just having half marathons back to back. So I would travel to San Diego, Denver, Las Vegas, Arizona, and everything, and it was just always at 13.1, so 13.1 will always be in my heart, so that's my favorite distance, definitely. Gotcha, gotcha. That that, that makes sense, and, and as, as many times as I've asked that question, hands down, half marathon has been, and has been the most popular answer, but I don't think anyone's ever come at it with from the angle of it's a lot easier. It's, it's, it's a good distance to chunk up and to, to put into, into the kind of those terms of like, all right, you know, the first 5k, then you get to the 10k mark, then you get to the 10 mile mark and then it's just another 5k. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like it. I, I really like that. Is that something that kind of from the beginning that, that you had, had figured out or maybe had somebody tell you, or, or did you kind of come to that kind of realization of how to chunk up the, the different pieces of that, that race distance uh, over time? Heck to the no, I did not figure that out in the beginning <laughs> because I was a baby runner. I was a beginner. So I was just like, oh, gosh, I mean, I'm just worried about that. 
that halfway point, but, you know, becoming a more seasoned runner and learning from others, that's when I developed probably about, I think I'll probably want to say about three years ago when I started to develop that attitude of saying, you know, maybe four years ago of saying, okay, bam, 5K, boom, 10K, boom, 10 mile, we got 3.1 to go, take it home. So that's when I started to finally develop that. And, and it's really helped out for my good, you know. It's um, it, it always, you know, what's so funny, uh, Denny, thinking about it, when I'm racing, and when I'm running, when those special points happen, I always yell it out. And, and you'd be surprised that you have people saying, woo, that's right. All right. Thank you for that. I really needed that. Blah, blah, blah. Because it helps other runners out as well, too. That's what it's all about, especially in this community. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and um, again, I just like... It, it just, it makes all the sense in the world. And I feel like it's it, like, I've, I've done that. And, and as, as a coach, like I, I've kind of used those, some of those waypoints with, with, you know, athletes I'm coaching and to kind of strategize, like you want to, you want to, you know, start here and, and be at this point at this point, you know, be at this time, hopefully at about this mile marker, et cetera. Um, but I just think it's, it's, it's the perfect way to do it. Cause it's, it's just bite-sized chunks. You know, if you're, if you're training to race right. a, a half marathon, like you can, you can handle 5k, you know, and, it, and, and I feel like sometimes maybe I even make it too simple. Like, all right, the first 5K, the last 5K, but then that's still a decent chunk of miles in the middle um, where if you can break it up one more time, 10K and 10 miles, that's a pretty easy way to do it. Um, it just it just, it just makes the, the race go by in, in chunks that you can handle. I, I love it. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and uh, you mentioned kind of getting getting into or at least getting into the, the rock and roll scene, you know, some 10 years ago, plus or minus. Um, is that when you got started with running or had you been running before that? Well, to be honest with you, you know, it. I started to run back when I was a kid. It's a funny story. And when I say a kid, I meant like probably I was 14 going on 15. You know that, you know that awkward slash like becoming stage of when you're leaving middle school, you're about to enter high school, right? So it was that summer. And I was just saying to myself, you know what? I got to get into something athletic or, you know, I tried out. I mean, I always tell my friends and everyone, like I auditioned for the basketball team in the eighth grade, <laughs> but uh, I did not get uh, a spot and said I was the basketball manager, which was whatever to me, but like, you know, it is what it is. It, it was a fun experience, but um, I started to run this summer heading into my freshman year of high school. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm just going to start running. So I kept going and going each day and this black SUV and I'm from North Carolina. Okay. So these are country roads in the summer. This black SUV would pass by me and you know, you're really from the South when the car that's coming towards your direction goes on the other side of the road, because that's just the way that the Southerners roll. They're very nice when it comes to that. Anyway, it was probably about three weeks prior to school beginning uh, to the beginning of school year. And um, this black SUV stopped and I'm like, Oh, snap. Okay. All right. Who the heck is this person inside? Do I need to like run into the woods or whatever? And the window rolled down and she said, Hey, aren't you, um, aren't you JT? Um, aren't you uh, the chestnut kid that lives right down the street? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, my name is coach Miller. I'm your cross country coach. I want you to come out to the school, um, next Wednesday afternoon for cross country. And I said, Oh, okay. So that's what started the running thing, you know? And by the grace of God, I stayed in the running game mentally into adulthood. So when I moved out to California, 
I've always started, I've always was running and everything, but it wasn't until after um, I moved to LA, probably around 2010, 2011, when I started to um, run in races, you know, Um, I started to do the 5Ks and the 10Ks, LA Pride 5Ks and 10Ks. And I was signed up for one half marathon, but it wasn't until when Whitney Houston died. Yes, this is a plug in with Whitney Houston, the greatest female artist and the greatest female vocalist of all time. Um, It wasn't until she passed away and I was like, oh, my God, I just have to run for Whitney, run for Whitney. And that's when I decided in 2012 to sign up for all the rock and roll half marathon series. And that's what really started the whole running thing. And in the beginning stages of when I was a runner and when I was racing, I used to wear this fabulous tutu, these great bright colors. And everyone will remember me saying, oh my gosh, I remember you when you ran in this one in this other city. And I was like, yep, definitely. But like, you know, now as I've become more seasoned and uh, more serious, but still having the love and the joy and the great pride of being part of this wonderful running community. I've, um, I, I just like not tone it down, but I've like had this more like elite sexy looking type of thing, like the whole JT chestnut stick to it, you know? So who knows? <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Wow, I, like I, I was, I was a little bit, I don't want to say concerned, but like you know, I, I live in Florida. I'm not from the South, but I, I live down in Florida now, and um, you know, I feel like like you, know, you talk about the the backcountry roads, and sometimes like I, for me, it's a coin flip. Half the time they pull way over to the other side of the road, and you give them that nice wave and appreciate you, and the other half of the time it's like they they try to play chicken with you almost. Like how close can we get to 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 you know not hitting the guy, but almost hitting the guy down the road. Um, but uh, what what a, what a great way to to uh, get introduced to hey why don't you come out for the cross country team then for the the cross country coach to just stop along the road and be like hey don't I know you and and why aren't you uh, part of the team was it uh, you know th- that high school running experience was it you know was it something that obviously was enjoyable enough that you kept going with it but um, you know where I, I guess where I'm trying to get at is like where did you rank on the team were you were you towards the top were you towards the middle towards the bottom like how how was the competitive cross country runner J T Chestnut days. Well, the JT Chestnut days back in uh, Wilson, North Carolina, Rockridge, North Carolina, you know, um, I was in that nice middle. Mm. Uh, my freshman year, um, I was in that middle area where, okay, you know what, you're pretty decent and that's good. Um, it wasn't until the summer, heading into my sophomore year, I started to pick it up and I started to, and I started to become faster. So um, luckily, I was a cross-country captain my sophomore uh, junior and my senior year, and I was very lucky to 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 have that role because I was like, okay, that means they actually like my teammates. My teammates actually believe in me. Also, um, Coach Miller, who I still talk to to this day, she believes in me as well too. And I started to do pretty well. Um, I never had the opportunity to make it to regional or states though. But what I loved about my running personally. It gave me the motivation that I need to keep going, to, to, to have that physical and mental endurance, because I came out when I was 16 in high school. And the one thing that no one could take away from me was my running. Mm-hmm. So running saved my life definitely back then. It really did. So um, I, I really loved my uh, cross country and my track and field days as well. I ran indoor track and outdoor track. So um those were great and had Coach West, who was also my history teacher. He was fantastic. And the only people that I really talked to who were actually just like my dear friends from um, 
for my cross country days is uh, one of my dear friends, Rachel, and uh, she still runs, and um, that's really about it, you know. Wow, it's it's you know, it's always easy in in hindsight, or at least it's easier in hindsight to connect some of those dots. But like you said, I mean, just to have to to be part of that that running community, the cross country team, the track team. And then to, to have some support and what I have to imagine was a, a tough period coming out, you know, and just that, that whole process um, and especially the, at least stereotypes of the South making it probably maybe even a little bit more difficult. Um, having that, that community there by your side, it had to be like, you said, I mean, save your life. I, I, just what a, what a wonderful way that that all kind of played out for us, for for you. Mm-hmm. It definitely did. Definitely. Fantastic. So um, get out to LA, kind of get established, start, start running a little bit. Uh, Whitney passes and you, and you have this, this feeling of like, all right, I need to, I need to start running more. What drew you to, to the rock and roll marathon scene? Because I, I, and this is me speculating, but I feel like in the, in the greater LA area, from what I can tell, there's no shortage of race opportunities. And, and, you know, like you could have jumped into other, other types of races, but what, what drew you to the pomp and circumstance? Or maybe that was what drew you to, I don't know, of, of the rock and roll marathon series. Well, you know what, Jenny, I believe what drew me to the rock and roll marathon series was the messenger saying, Hey, this is when I love music and also I love to travel. And you put that together as well as this awesome, fun environment of other runners who just want to have a great time and just want to, you know, run with purpose. That's what drew me to it, you know. And um, the rock and roll San Diego have was just, oh, that, that, that was just all the feels because I met so many people down there who are still good friends of mine. You know, I met them down there as well as, you know, the rock and roll Arizona um, is usually on MLK weekend. And that's what drew me to it. And even though L.A. did have at the time, I at the time, I didn't know that L.A. probably had like a lot of races. But the rock and roll was an easy one for me because at the time as well, I was working in the service industry. Mm-hmm. So working in the service industry, making tons of money back then. I was like, all I want to do is work hard, travel, run, have a good time with my friends, party and all that jazz. So that's what drew me to it because of the whole traveling aspect as well, too. Now, as a now as someone who is um, who's gotten that, um, who's still well, no, I don't want to say um, that's out of my system now, but I'm 33 and I have more of a balance uh, the quote unquote adulting thing in my life, you know, <laughs> I know what races I want to do because of the fact that they're either places that I've never been or I have a loyalty to them though, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you can't really team me up like that without me asking maybe the most obvious, uh, follow-up question in all of, all of podcasting. What, what are some of those races that are still on the list, whether it's the places you haven't been yet that you want to go or the ones that you just kind of keep going back to year after year because you love them so much? Well, you know, um, Chicago Marathon, hands down. Um, I love Chicago Marathon. It is a great, great city, an amazing course. Um, I usually get in every year via lottery, but no shade. Your boy didn't get in this year. What the hell dot com. But it's all good. Things happen for a reason. I entered. So I decided to enter the lottery for the Dublin Marathon. So I'm running the Dublin Marathon. Mm-hmm. I got accepted. So I got um, running the Dublin Marathon in October. Um, another one, uh, usually LA Marathon, but they changed their course recently. So I'm not a big fan of that. And hopefully I'll get back into it one day. Um, what else? Uh, 
Definitely, um, definitely. I love to run the Laguna Hills Memorial 10K. I used to live in Laguna Beach when I first moved to um, when I first moved to California. So, I'm, um, I've always had that within my heart of being um, loyal and um, staying true to. So, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I I wonder, and maybe this goes somewhere. Maybe it doesn't, which is probably three quarters of the questions I ask on the podcast seems like, but. You know, between the rock and roll races, which I've never done any, but I've talked to folks that have, and I, at least the the impression I get is that they're fairly well popular. There's there's a decent crowd at those. Chicago certainly a, a world major, big city race, lots of people. L.A. You know, another one that's got that's going to have some people there. Do, do you tend to to find yourself drawn to the races that are that have a, a big field that have a lot of people, um, as opposed to to maybe some of the smaller races that might only have a, you know a few thousand people or something like that. I definitely love all types of races, but I really do love intimate races as well, too, because the intimate races with the smaller field, it, it shows you um, um, different um, different views of another running community, like a different vibe from another running community. For example, I ran um, the San Jose Half Marathon this past weekend, which was brought to by Run Local Events, an amazing running um, running company up in Northern California founded by one of my dear friends who's like a brother to me, JT Service. And I ran up there and it was my first time in San Jose and I loved it. It was it was a small and intimate feel, beautiful, beautiful community. Um, that great running connection, met some other people um, who followed me on Instagram and I followed them as well too um, in person. So that was definitely wonderful. Um, when I was in uh, England, this past um, New Year's, I ran the Serpentine 10K, and I love that because I met the running community of London mm. and outside of London, and I thought that was fantastic as well. So to answer your question, I really do enjoy um, the intimate the intimate settings of um, having a smaller field of uh, running. Do you prefer that over the bigger cities, or is it kind of like, you know, it's it's two different, it's, it's apples and, and not even oranges, it's apples and, and whatever, some, something else completely different uh, as far as not, not even fruits necessarily. I'm trying to make a terrible comparison. Forgive me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, like I'm definitely one that likes the smaller races. I'll run a big race here and there, but, like, give me a, give me a field of 1,500 people, spreads out. You're never alone, but you're never really congested outside of maybe the first mile, and, like, that's my sweet spot. Some people like them small, but also like them big. Do, do, you, do you have a, like, are you a firm, like, I like the small intimate, or are you kind of, like, both depending on the situation? Both depending on the situation, definitely. Both depending on the situation. You know, um, it, it's, everyone has their own cup of tea. Mm -hmm. Mine would be both, because you have to make it work no matter what. Right. Now, I am not going to say no to this. I will definitely fly out to like to the mountain region of the United States to find like a race with about only 400, 500 mm -hmm. people. I think that would be awesome because one, it's something new for me and I love to travel and I love to get to know people as well too. So I'll, I'll be definitely down for that. But then at the same time, I love the big energy of those huge races with tons of people, different stories, different paths, different backgrounds. Like I said, no matter what, you'll connect with someone, whether it's a smaller race or a bigger race, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like, you know, again, it's everybody's got their own little preferences and their own things that they that they you know prefer. But there's definitely pros and cons to to each different type of race. I mean, I like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of the the super crowded races, but I've run a few of them, and I mean, I've enjoyed them. Like it's not like I look back at running Marine Corps or Walt Disney World, or I guess those are probably the two biggest races I've run. 
Um, but like, I don't look back at them negatively. Like they were great experiences. I had, a, I had a blast, but you know, push comes to shove, uh, you know, give me something smaller, but Hey, you know, again, to each their own. And sometimes, you know, whatever the spirit moves you, like you said, go to some, some, you know, small town or the mountains or something like that with a handful of uh, a few hundred people, like that's going to be a memorable experience too. So it, definitely, definitely one of the, one of the beauties of running is you can, you can get it. However, you know, there's all kinds of different flavors. You can get whatever, whatever you want out of the sport. Um, Speaking of which, which maybe is a as a decent tie-in, but you know, you, you got started running at least you know kind of seriously as 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 an adult running uh, the the rock and roll races and really enjoying the half marathons. Uh, but when, when you answered that introductory question, you said that it, you know eventually you kind of were like, eh, maybe I should I should dip my toes in the uh, the ul- or not the ultra but the, the marathon waters. Um, what what was it that that kind of pushed you to to test out you know going beyond thirteen point one and getting into that twenty six point two territory? I think what pushed me was the fact that I knew that I had it within me, but I just had to say, you know, hey, it's time for you to to just go for it, JT. You know good and well that you can do it. Mark it off, and we'll see how you feel. Let's see how we feel after that, you know? So my first marathon was March 2012, LA Marathon. And I said, okay, this is cool. This is solid. And then... At the end of that year, I did Vegas, um, Rock and Roll Las Vegas. And then I didn't touch marathons for about another, maybe another about two or three years. So um, I think it was about three years after that. So I did in 2015, the Chicago Marathon. I did I did Chicago Marathon October 2015. I did it like 351, I believe. And at that time, I met um, Olympian Nick Simmons. And him and I, we became good friends. And um, he was in Los Angeles that winter for winter training. And I would run with him and he gave me the motivation that I needed to say, okay, I got to sign up for the March marathon for LA marathon for March, 2016. I blew that one out of the water. I ended up doing a 337. So I was just really amazed by that. And that was when I said, okay, I got to stick with the marathons. I will always love half marathons, but I am a marathoner because I'm putting in the work and everything. So I was really happy that I was able to do that. And that was when I started to say, you know what? Okay, this is when you started to find and search for those special marathons to do, you know? And I remember that year, well, prior to that year, I entered the lottery for the London Marathon. And I didn't get in, but I told my friend that I didn't get in. One of my dear friends, actually, and I'll most likely will probably mention him later because he was the one that convinced me to be a Liverpool fan. (laughs) I told him um, I didn't get into the marathon and I was quite sad. And he said, send me your email address. And three days later, I got an entry for the London Marathon. So that was when I was just saying, okay, I'm officially a marathoner because one, I had no idea at the time that London was a really, really hard race to get into. Um, so by the grace of God and good energy, I got into the London Marathon for April 2016. I ran that and I slayed it. I had a great time. I enjoyed the, the atmosphere and I became like a lover of marathons um, ever since then. That was really the moment when I said, okay, I'm definitely, definitely a marathon runner. Okay, as as per usual, I, you know, we, we we start going somewhere, and and then it it, it changes the direction of, of what I'm thinking, and and um, clearly I misunderstood the the introduction about you know the timeline and marathons, and which is fine, no 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 worries there, um, but you you run 
London, you run Chicago. Is there is there, you know, some type of six star situation going on with the world majors for you, or is it just, you know, kind of happy coincidence that those were two two marathons of the of the several that you've run? Well, you know what, um, Denny, I started to realize, look, maybe I can start doing the whole world major thing. Maybe I can start going down that path. Um, I've got Chicago and London underneath my belt. So all that's left is the major ones here in the country, um, uh, uh, um, Boston, New York, and then Berlin and Tokyo. I would love to complete all of that before I'm 40. I think that's reasonable. I, I really think that's reasonable because I'm 33. If I can get that done, I will be so, so happy. That will be like a definite, that will be a definite like personal goal of mine in life to, to achieve that. So that'll be great. So definitely. Yes. So then are you, are you actively entering lotteries or, or, uh, you know, wh- wh- like how, how intentional are you at, at making, you know, these, these next four world majors happen? I am actively entering lotteries. Right. I entered I entered Berlin, but your boy didn't get accepted. Yeah. But it's all good. It's all good. I got into Dublin. <laughs> so like I said, I got into Dublin. Um, I definitely um really want to um get into New York City Marathon. I did not get into that one. I entered the lottery. I didn't get into that one. So it is what it is. And as for Boston, look, I'll be real and I keep it real with you. I'm going to see if I can work some JT Chestnut Charm or something and some singing some Whitney Houston to somebody or, or I don't know, we already get that because I know that it, I mean, younger JT would have trained, 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 trained. I'm not saying that I don't want to train to get into Boston as a BQ, but it's not one of my priorities, to be honest with you. That That's just the way it is. I mean, I really do love running. I will train to the best of my ability, but I personally do not want to get into Boston as a Boston qualifier. If I get into Boston as a great connection with someone, that will be amazing. I think that will be good. Um, I am the first person to give money. I love to fund. I love to give people money who are fundraising for an amazing cause. I never liked fundraising ever since I was a kid. I cannot stand the Candyman fundraising back when I was in elementary school. So I am not going to be a fundraiser either. So it is what it is. <laughs> well, and and you know, sometimes you you never know where the right connection is going to occur. Like somebody who can just magically get you into London, kind of out of out of nowhere. So. Um, who knows, who knows how that'll shake out. And, you know, in, in worst case, quote unquote, worst case scenario, you, you just follow the, the, the plan that I'm on to get into Boston at some point. That's just to, you know, get just a little bit faster, get, uh, you know, maybe 20 years older. And, and then, then it's, you know, you're good to go. You know, you just, just I know, I know, I know. And that's the thing, but like, you know, it's just so crazy how, I think that's amazing when people get into, um, Boston Marathon, through their age group when they get a certain point. I think that's amazing. I mean, that's just like demigod legacy status right there. I think that's just, I think that's great. So, hey, more power to them, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, obviously, a, a, a bit of a through line through the entire conversation so far is your your um, enjoyment of traveling and, and also running. And, and I've had this this conversation with a few folks over the years, but it's something that I'm always interested to, to glean wisdom and experience from folks that have done a lot of, of traveling and, and racing, which is, is high on my list of things to eventually do with, with along with, you know, how, Lord knows how many other things of, you know, eventual will eventually will make it happen. Um, but I haven't done a lot of, I've, I've traveled a few times, but nothing, nothing real major. 
Uh, but when it comes to, to traveling and racing, and, and we'll have some more questions maybe about this as, as we go, but kind of what's what's your go-to um, method in terms of like, do you try to, to schedule your races at the beginning of a travel or towards the end of a vacation? Or is it kind of sometimes maybe where it's just a case of the race is the reason to travel. So you, you get there, you run the race and you, and you come back home. Like, like how do you, how do you structure your racing when it, when it involves traveling, especially international type of travel? All right. So with this recent trip, um, when I went to England this past, um, for, for new year's, in this situation, I knew since August that I was going to be going um, to England for New Year's. Now, in that case, I was like, you know what will be awesome? If I can find a race to do while I'm over there. And that's what happened. I found the Serpentine 10K um, New Year's run. So I was like, all right, great. Boom. I'm going to do that. That's going to be part of um, the, that'll be a nice little middle portion of my um, trip. Now, now, prior to that, and even to uh, prior to that, it was just I'm traveling just to run this race, do that, and then get out of town. Now, since I'm older, I love to travel and to escape. And then, if I can find a race that's going on around the couple of days where I'm traveling to, perfect. Mm-hmm. That that works out towards my favor. I just recently ran the Rock and Roll DC Half Marathon, and the, the initial purpose of that trip to go to Washington, D.C. wasn't even for that at all. It was just, just to see my best friend from high school, hang out with her and meet her fiance that she's marrying in June. And I found out probably a week prior to uh, flying out that there was the Rock and Roll Half Marathon. Denny, let me tell you something. I would have been teed off if I woke up that Saturday morning and I saw all these runners and your boy wasn't racing as well too. Uh-uh. So I was so happy that I um, was able to find that race um, as well too. So sometimes it's spontaneous, which I really do love, you know, and, um, but prior to probably about, if you were talking to me about six or seven years ago, the plan was just to race, to travel there and then bam. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, when, when you are traveling to a race, whether, whether it's, you know, intentional, like that's the purpose of the race or whether it's, you know, the happy, like, Oh, I found, I happened to find this, this rock and roll half at the same time I'm going to be in DC. Um, what, what, what do you do? Uh, or at least what works for you in terms of, you know, I mean, sitting on an airplane, especially if you're going across the country or halfway around the world, like not the best situation in terms of staying loose and fresh and things like that. How do you, how do you kind of, you know, do you adjust your race plan and like, Hey, when I'm doing that type of traveling, like I'm going to kind of keep it a little bit more simple, not really push the pace. Like, like how does traveling and racing like affect your strategy for race day itself? Um, it really doesn't, to be honest with you. I just keep, I just try to keep, um, my mind fresh and focus on the praise, um, the present, excuse me, the present, you know, and as soon as I get adjusted and get settled in, I'm like, all right, let's stretch it out. I've been on the plane for a while. Let's do a shakeout run right. and let's act like let's act like you're basically a resident here. Act like you're just doing the same thing that you're prepping for race day. Go out for a cup of tea, have a have a walk around the neighborhood, um, check out some places where you can possibly carb load and keep a fresh and present mind and then just wait for race day and for race morning. And as long as you just keep that positive aspect. And that fresh clarity, 
within yourself, especially while you're traveling, you're good to go because we all know that traveling is stressful. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that you want to carry is some type of stress along with your race the next day, you know? Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What about coming home? You know, when when you're coming home, traveling after a race, like, um, any, any tips to, you know, keep the legs loose in the airplane, compression gear, get up and walk around. Like what, what works for you? I will definitely, uh, I will definitely suggest when I, I, I would suggest get to the airport earlier mm. because once you get to the airport earlier, let it be an hour earlier than expected. You can walk around, you can right. stretch, you can meditate, have your little nice mindfulness moments to yourself, like in a little corner at the airport or something before you're on the plane. For me, it's usually six hours, five to six hours. Cause I always travel cross country, but before you, um, hop on the plane and do your thing. I would definitely suggest to get to the airport one hour before um, departure because when you do that, you get to have your, your, your sessions where you can stretch it out, your, your mindfulness, and, um, and you could just go for it there, you know? Yeah, and also, depending on how you're feeling, you get there plenty early, you don't have to worry about trying to rush to the gate or anything like that if you're a little stiff and sore after the race too. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, there's been times when I get on the plane as soon as we depart and all that jazz, um, I'll have a cup of tea and then I will just go to the back, use the restroom and that little area, the galley where the, um, the fly attendants are, I'll just usually talk to them for about two minutes and stretch out, let them know, hey, I just finished your race. Just want to let you know that I'm just kind of stretching right now. I think you guys are doing a wonderful job. Make some connections that way and you're good to go. <laughs> that, that way they don't raise any eyebrows if they see you up walking around a little bit more than, than the normal Exactly. Than yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's a, that's a good little tip right there. That's that's one I'm going to tuck away for, for when I need it at some point down down the road. Oh, Definitely. Um, so, so shifting gears just a little bit and, and, you know, for everybody listening, we'll come back to the running here eventually, but we got to, we got to talk Liverpool for a second. Where did, where did the uh, connection to the Liverpool football club come for you? All right. So my dear buddy who lives in, uh, in England, um, actually he used to live in the States. I've been knowing him for years. He's like a brother to me. And, um, it was right after I came back from, uh, London from the marathon, it was probably June, 2016, and I was like, oi, so, uh, <laughs> I, I was like, oi, so check this out. I was like, uh, I, I, I'm going to say his name, if that's okay, that's if fine, I say yeah. his name. Okay, all right. I was like, Alan, um, there is an international friendly going on here in, <laughs> in Pasadena. Uh, at the time, I was living over in Cobra City, um, west side of L.A. And I was like, uh there's a there's international friendly going on. Uh, is Liverpool versus Chelsea? Who should I go for? He's like, oh, mate, all the way. Got to go for Liverpool. And I was like, <laughs> Liverpool? Okay, I guess I'll go for Liverpool. So I ordered, like, a kit and everything, and he was getting me all jazzed and giving me, like, what should I look for and who should I, like, like uh, think about and the players to, to, to read up on and blah, blah, blah. And that was the first... Uh, Premier League game that I um, went to was Liverpool versus Chelsea. Liverpool lost um, at the Rose Bowl July 2016. Ever since then, I've been on um, a Liverpool kick. I've loved Premier League. I really, really do. So it got to the point where I was one of those crazy people that would go to a to a pub at 5.30 in the morning to watch a Premier League match of Liverpool going against um, Man United and 
knowing all the chants and everything and read upon like the stats of the players and everything. So I loved it with all my heart. And then it just stimulated when daggone Ted Lasso got on air. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was like, OK, done. I got to freaking book a trip to go back to England and hopefully I can catch a Liverpool game. I was supposed to go to Liverpool versus Arsenal match um, earlier this year, but unfortunately, due to the outbreak of uh, of COVID, I wasn't able to. But I did get a chance to go to Anfield Road to get a couple of items and take some pictures as well, too. So I was very elated about that. But uh, yeah, that's I've been a I've been a red ever since then. Gotcha. That was, and then you, you you stole my next question of when you were over in England this you know around Christmas with the f- festive fixtures. I mean, there's matches like it seems like every every bloody day around around that you know Christmas New Year holiday. Uh, but you weren't able to get get any tickets, eh? I wasn't able to, and I was so sad. But I went to see Brentford versus Aston Villa and Brentford versus Man City. And and to be honest with you, as much as I um, love my Liverpool, there is only one person on an opposing team on another team that I could say that he could get it all day of his life, is, and that is Jack Graylish. Seriously, mm. he has, like, Lexus Steel, and he could get it. And that hair, <laughs> Denny, the hair, honey. Good gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, uh, this this uh this is threatening to go off the rails, and I'm and I'm very much okay with it. I could I could talk. Uh, it, it's it's nice to talk to somebody who uh, maybe has like I have passion for the for the game, and and I enjoy watching it. But like, and I I, I you know in all truthfulness, like I'm I'm very much rooting that that Liverpool wins the the wins the quadruple this year as we're recording this. That's all still in play. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't really have like a team. Like I I kind of am, am the type of of Premier League viewer where it's like. Every match, I, I pick somebody I'm rooting for and, and hoping that, that it goes their way based on where they are in the table or what the matchup is. Or, you know, sometimes there might be a couple of teams that I tend to root against. Um, but, uh, man, I could I could talk with you uh, football all day. And, and what, what was it like, I guess, to, to get back to uh, an actual question? Um, you know, you didn't get to see Liverpool, but you got in, in the ground to watch a couple of Brentford matches. Um, what, what was it like to be there in person, you know, with, with the the you know, the, being able to see the big picture as opposed to watching it on TV. Like what was, what was it like to watch a Premier League match in, in the flesh, in person? It was definitely amazing. The The vibe and the energy was just phenomenal and to feel connected, you know, I'm saying, Oh my goodness, this is live. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like if someone from the States is watching this match, what are the chances that they saw me? Like, I really wish there was a chance, but there was no chances at all. But, um, uh, it, it was just, it was one of those things where I just felt like I was truly part of the appreciation of that community that enjoys Premier League, you know? And one of my uh, one of my other dear buddies, he's a Chelsea fan, and he was like, dude, I, I, I have tickets to, to Chelsea matches, and you could have gone to Liverpool versus Chelsea match if you would have let me know. I was like, if you would have let me know, that would have been great. <laughs> Okay, but you didn't. All right. So we're not going to have this conversation anymore because our friendship will be at stake. All right. So, I mean, I think that match they tie anyway. So it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's definitely on my on my list is to, to head over to, to England. And I again, I mean, I guess kind of like like I already said, I, I don't really have a big preference in turn. Like, I'd love to see it some, you know, some big derby match or some big rivalry match or whatever. But like, you know, I, I'm down to just go there and just experience the the atmosphere because it just seems like the atmosphere and and maybe there's a question here maybe not but it seems like the atmosphere of the of the Premier League clubs is 
I don't know, different than anything that I've gathered from watching sports in America, whether it's NFL, NBA, baseball, hockey, whatever. Um, and, and I don't know. I mean, if you, if you, I don't know if you're a big sports fan of, of the big four here in the States, but like if you are at least one of the sports compare and contrast the environment of match day in the UK for, for a Premier League match versus game day here in the States at, at whatever, you know, sport might, might have, you know, be most exciting for you. Okay, so I definitely have to say the atmosphere and the vibes is just so much different. You know, like watching a Liverpool match and here in the States and 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 also going over there to watch a Brentford match, their community, that, that you can tell that they love it regardless of who you are or which background you come from. They have that love. The energy is there. And you can tell that, well, of course, people have been – like they, they've been fans and loyal followers of those um, clubs for years, decades and everything. Now, over here in the States, I love college basketball. I'm a Tar Heel. So UNC Tar Heels all the way. I love that. And when it comes to football, you know, I'm Carolina Panthers. But since I live in L.A., I would go for the Chargers. I would say it's different here because, you know, from the get go, when it comes to sports, I, I know that a lot of people could not stand this saying. For me, who's like, who's like an adult and that can handle competition, it's just a game, okay? So a lot of people cannot handle that. And what I've noticed, that there's not as much animosity and hate within a lot of um, sports over in the Premier League than here in the States. But I do take that back because, unfortunately, when England lost in the World Cup, um, that one, that was just really, really disgusting, and it broke my heart. But um, as far as the energy, I think the Premier League, um, th- those clubs, the, that, that, those loyal followers have bigger energy than here in the States um, when it comes to football. I think the only, um, the only uh, type of loyal fan base who probably has competition against Premier League people are those crazy behind folks who think that Tom Brady is hot you know what and I just <laughs> I, I don't get it because he is not in my opinion he needs to sit down somewhere but that's another story <laughs> fair enough we, we we won't touch that one anymore because we might we might uh, everybody's gonna have this one of those everybody has an opinion on it right and nobody's nobody's right but everybody's right uh situation but but but, but JT's right for this situation JT's right for this situation. absolutely exactly absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um playing continuing to play the comparison game but bringing it a little bit more back to to the running side of things um you know and maybe we'll, we'll we'll try to house it into london marathon versus chicago marathon um as as somebody who's run run both um compare and contrast running a major in in england like the environment is it is it pretty much the same is it the crowd support like like compare and contrast that versus your experience at chicago I have to say London marathon takes it by a landslide because one you have the landmarks and the beautiful scenes and 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 everything and the energy is amazing. I'll never forget. I'll never forget when um when my wave was about to begin, when my wave was about to begin in London Marathon, um we set off and everything, and all of a sudden I heard someone say, "Go JT, come on, you can do it, JT." And I'm like, "Oh my God, someone knows me here." And then someone was like. Hey, Mike, you have your name on your running shirt. And I was like, oh, I forgot. Never mind. But anyways, 
it was such a great energy and to run across, um, I believe we ran, ac- ran across Tyre Bridge and it was just so, it, it, it was just amazing. I love London Marathon because every aspect of also running with people from other countries too, you know, from other countries who may not speak the same language you do or from different paths, you know, that was one of the best things about running that that world major. Chicago Marathon is pretty cool. I still love Chicago because it's it's a great race to connect with other people in the country who love to run as well. But definitely London is uh, my cup of tea. Gotcha, gotcha. It'll be it'll be interesting, uh, and I'll be interested to follow along and 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 kind of see how things shake out as your as your name gets drawn in some of these lotteries for the other majors. Whether whether London stays at the top of the heap for you, or whether you know somewhere else, whether whether it's a race here in in the states, or whether it's Tokyo or Berlin. Uh, as far as the majors, what what ends up being the, the cream that rises to the top for you? Oh, definitely. I'm looking forward to it as well. For sure, for sure. So as we're, as we're getting a little bit closer to wrapping up, not quite finalizing, not quite finishing up just yet, but but starting to, to pull the ship into the old harbor a little bit. Um, you've got, you know, you, I mentioned, I know you mentioned you got Dublin coming up this year. Any other big races that are that are on the agenda for uh, you know the, the foreseeable future? Nothing is on the agenda right now, and I'm kind of happy with that. I'm kind of chill with that right now because, you know, I'm um, finishing up the semester. I uh, attend Cal State LA for marketing and heading into the summer, I'm going to be working as well, but I'm going to be focusing with work and also training. Um, Dublin's in October, but I definitely know that I need to run a race in the summer. Perhaps, um, I mean, maybe I need to run another marathon. I don't know, just to see how the how the joints and how the good old legs and the gams are feeling and whatnot, but nothing in the near future. Um, usually uh, I always run a 4th of July race, and, and perhaps, as I mentioned earlier, I may go down to Laguna um, Hills, the Laguna Beach area to run the Memorial Day 10K, but Dublin is definitely the biggest thing on the list this year. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's I feel like that's, you know, as somebody who doesn't travel that, that often and certainly uh, – has been guilty of having a passport expire with zero stamps into it and something that I don't, uh, you know, need to need to fix going forward. I feel like anytime you're, you're traveling to, you know, internationally to run a race, like, yeah, that's, that, that counts as like the big one and everything else kind of can fill in as it goes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's how it is right now. You know, um, it's, it, it's, it, it's April 20, almost May, 2022. I've ran three half marathons already this past year. And, and I'm content with that. I'm very, very happy with that. So moving forward, I think that training and and keeping up with um, keeping up keeping up with mindfulness is like a big key for me right now. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, you mentioned earlier at some point, I can't remember if it was an introductory introductory question or a little bit past that, but you mentioned kind of you know used to to get. Uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, I don't think this is exactly how you said it, but you know, kind of getting dressed up, glammed up, wearing the tutus, things like that for the race, and kind of toned it down a little bit, getting a little bit more serious. I think was the word you used. Um, what what led to that kind of change in the the JT race day uh, getup, if you if you will, that that kind of you know led led you to you know where you are now as far as being a little bit more again quote unquote serious on race day. I think it was because you know. Um, when I started to run, um, when I ran the beginning, it was I still loved it. It was fun and all that jazz, but something was happening to me. Guess what was happening to me, Jenny? I was getting faster. Wow. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was getting faster, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm getting faster. 
who knows, maybe someone will notice me, question mark or something. Well, by the grace of God, you know, I was um, working uh, at my uh, former job uh, in West Hollywood at a bar. And um, one of um, the um, the alcohol beverage shop representatives uh, came in, my dear friend Katie. She said, hey, I just heard that you just finished another race. <laughs> You, you are so awesome. I run as well, too. Would you be interested in having Angel City Brewery sponsor you? And I said, I will love that because Angel City Brewery at the time was the beer sponsor for the L.A. Marathon. So that was the moment, Denny, when I was like, OK, someone is seeing me and they're acknowledging me and recognizing me for my running and also my love for it. And, and, and they can understand that I'm actually good at it, too. So that's what kind of tone down of saying, you know what, Tutu, we really appreciate you, but we're going to put you, we're going to store you away. You made your final bow. So once I started to get the, 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 acknowledge, the, the requisite, um, the acknowledgement of saying, you know what, you're running fast, you're doing great. Hey, why don't you run for our company or why don't you represent us? That was when everything started to come in order. And I really did appreciate that. Gotcha. Gotcha. And nothing says you can't bring the Tutu out of retirement at some point down the road, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. The tutu will come out every now and then, you know, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Got to. Got to. Um, all right. Well, as, as we're wrapping up, I, I feel like we could keep going. And, and I mean, we barely scratched the surface of, of football as well. But, whatever, you know, again, another another topic for another day. Uh, one last question for you before we, we get you out of here, JT. And I, I, I like to close the, the episodes with something I call a philosophical question, which sometimes can sound a little scary, but it's really not. It's just kind of like the introductory question. Open-ended. Take it wherever you want to go with it. And that's where we'll, we'll put the final bow on things for today. Um, but we'd just be curious, you know, at this point in your life, after, you know, kind of getting getting kind of started with running on the, the backcountry roads in, in North Carolina and the, and the cross country coach pulling up and saying, Hey, why don't you come out for the team and join us, join us at practice at the school um, to where we are today, getting ready for the Dublin marathon later this fall. Um, why is running still an important part of your life? Why is it something that, that you, you're, you're still so passionate clearly about doing and, and as near as I can tell, will continue to be passionate about for years to come. Why is, why is running important to you? Running is important to me because running symbolizes not running away from something a lot of people think that running is something that's that that's like you're you're trying to get away from something. But now, in my life, um, and as a 33 year old uh, uh, gay black man, sorry, black gay man, uh, I had to get that one right. Uh, black first. <laughs> um, as a black gay man, you know, I'm running towards greater things. You know, I'm running towards my goals, and I'm running towards the connections that I know that will, that will make me a better person, you know, um, hopefully when it comes to my career, hopefully when it comes to my love for my community and being of service. Um, also I'm still, I'm running towards my mental clarity and my sobriety, you know, um, my sobriety is very important to me. And I'm, I've been sober for 18 months and just taking it one day at a time. I'm running towards, thank you. I'm running towards that. And I'm running towards just becoming, just, just becoming better each and every day. And hopefully I can run towards meeting someone through this podcast or meeting someone through running, you know, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just running towards getting better. And hopefully people can do that nowadays after what we've been through, 
uh, with this pandemic the last two years. Let's not run away from something. Let's run towards getting better. Let's run towards greater things, you know? Oh, I, I love it. And as is often the case, nodding along the whole way and, and try not to to muddy up the waters after such a, a great way to, to wrap up the conversation. So y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you want to connect with JT, maybe, maybe have a little, you know, premier league banter, maybe, maybe sing. You'll never walk alone together. I don't I don't know whatever it might be uh, on Instagram or maybe, maybe get together at a race somewhere down the line. Sounds like JT's always up for meeting people and, and, and connecting in the real world. And Lord knows I am as well uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, hit him up on social media, the same handle, both places at JT chestnut, Dizruns.com slash 1058, Dizruns.com slash 1058, links, photos, the whole nine as per usual. Uh, JT, thanks for uh, for making the time today, and, and certainly um, I'm glad that we were able to connect, and, and I'm looking forward to to continuing that connection, and, and hopefully somewhere down down the road, uh, maybe even intentionally, our paths can cross and we can share some miles in person, and uh, whether it's at a race or whether it's just cruising, cruising the, the streets or the back roads or whatever the case might be. Uh, but thank you for making the time today, my friend, and, and wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you, Diddy. It was such a pleasure, and I cannot wait to to definitely, you know, to to meet up with you. Let's let's make it happen. Run some miles, watch some Premier League, have a couple of Athletic Brewing Company beers and all that jazz, or a cup of tea. And thank you for having me again. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between JT and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know. What stood out to you from today's episode? What was what was the takeaway that you had from our little chit chat today? For me, it was it was the reminder, and I know sometimes I, I polarize myself on the topic, but that it's okay to like both big races and small races. Um, you know, I've I've maybe maybe made it known once or twice that I definitely prefer the smaller races, maybe not the super small races, although I've done a few of those and they're not bad at all. But, you know, those marathons that have a couple thousand people, like, perfect. But the the couple of times that I've done some big races, whether it's Disney um, or Marine Corps, I think those are really the two, like, super pretty, you know, pretty legitimately big races that I've done. It's hard to deny that there is that there's a certain atmosphere. There's a certain, you know, excitement that's not just at the start line, although it's definitely at the start line. But all throughout the course of the race, between just having a bunch of other runners, having a lot more spectators and crowd support and random people handing out, you know, shots of fireball or donut holes or both or whatever the case might be, um, you know, that that can add a certain a certain, I don't know, maybe not excitement, but but maybe it is. But just it adds to the ambiance. Right. And it, it makes that race day experience all the more memorable. You know, as much as, as I like the smaller races, and I and I really do. I mean, if push comes to shove, that's my preference. But, like, I can't remember as much about, you know, just random points of, of the race like I can from some of those bigger races where there's just people everywhere and there's, there's things to see. There's people watching going on and random things happen. Ran, more random signs, more random spectators, more random runners just leads to more random memories. And that's, that's not a bad thing. So my takeaway is that if you like the big races, cool, but there's, you know, it's the reminder that like, Hey, there's also some good things about the small races. And if you're like me and you like the smaller races, cool, but there's also some good things about the big races. And so maybe, maybe a balanced ish race diet, or maybe not a, a balanced race diet, but maybe, you know, dipping, dipping your toes into the waters of the other size races once in a while isn't a bad thing because there are, there are things to like about those races. So 
you know, maybe it's just a little like, not maybe it definitely, my takeaway today is definitely that reminder. Like JT has embraced the big and the small. Like, yeah, I, I maybe need to more verbally embrace the big races once in a while. Cause I, there are, there are some benefits to those races, or at least from my opinion, there's some positives from my opinion about a big race, even if I don't talk about it as much as, as much as maybe I could, but that's my takeaway. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. I think there's something there. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Would love to hear it. If you're willing to share it at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram, you can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can also head over to the show notes for today, which you can find at Dizruns.com slash 1058, Dizruns.com slash 1058. Past the, the photos, past the links, past the write-up that Ellen does down there at the bottom of that page is the comment section. Feel free to leave your thoughts and feedbacks, comments and takeaways, or anything else that you want to share down there in that comment section. Always love getting a little bit of feedback from y'all. So feel free to head on over to the website at your leisure and uh, take advantage of the, I don't know. I don't know if the comment section has a character limit. I don't think it does, but uh, type to your heart's content. And if you need to type more, just you know, add a second comment. You know, whatever, whatever works for you works for me. One last time for concierge coaching. If you want all the bells, all the whistles, all the extras, uh, including your boy showing up on race day to uh, run with you, stride for stride, mile for mile, we can make that happen. We can make that happen. And if you're faster than me, hey, we'll, we'll, there's still some ways we can make it happen. We'll, we'll have to get a little bit creative, but we'll, we'll make it happen. It'll all be legal, all on the up and up, uh, but there's there's options available to to. Let me help you literally on race day and, of course, all the training and everything that leads up to it. Dizruns.com slash concierge is the link. Any questions, let me know. If it sounds good to you, you can hit that sign-up button right there on the page. And uh, we will get we will get you off to a quick start. And uh, looking forward to seeing where it goes from there. Dizruns.com slash concierge. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that share button. Uh, and until next time, appreciate your time. Appreciate your attention. Thanks for taking JT and I with you. And until next time, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.